0: episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet.
1: I'm hungry. Okay. The a Scott Steiner reference for those of you that heard. Oh, what are you doing? What do you mean? Are you kidding me?
0: Oh, is it upside down? Yeah, it's upside down. I was down. waiting to see if you would notice.
1: And you got, what is this dangly little lid thing here on Don't your water? Don't
0: be dangling. Is... Don't be messing around with my dangling lid. If it wasn't for me,
1: you would be dead in a gutter somewhere.
0: That's not true. I'm a very efficient person.
1: So you would be managing your life in a gutter somewhere.
0: Yes. It's way more accurate.
1: Mm -hmm. It's August 15th, 2023. If you're new here, I keep things rocking and rolling and breathing and thriving. And Samantha. Hi. Yeah, there you go. Uh, which means we're married and we have a lot of movies and we watch those movies and then we talk about them on well, this podcast we've done for uh, almost 10 years, well, 450 episodes
0: plus me, that's gross.
1: with interest, which has turned out to be how many movies? I, I know it's not a priority, but can you please, would you get a chance fix the Google sheet that we have about, uh, our podcast? That would be, we've done 517 movies. I, that's, I know that part is accurate. Because that's the watch list, and...
0: Well, no, I haven't been moving it over, though, to the watch list.
1: I have my own watch list. What are you talking about? Oh. The watch list is accurate. Oh, it's okay. It's the unwatch list that's not. So you just need to get rid of the unwatch list and just re-alphabetize the master list, because it's all janky and fucked. Okay. Thank you. Thank you! And then all the wrestling references, I'm just getting... I'm just getting a, You're just...
0: Just showing everybody what a Ready dork you are
1: for Podswoggle recording at the end of the month, just like our movie draft uh, for the fall season is in at the end of the month. We haven't been talking about the movie draft for the summer season, and that's how you know we're in next to last place, uh, which I blame on you. Um,
0: Why me? You're the one who picked all of our movies.
1: This I knew this was gonna happen. The first of the when I finally have it off here, when we finally have some competition. Shout out to everybody that was just better than us this summer. Except Andrew's angry, haha. <laughs> um, it's bound to happen, and you're going to be like, see, you pick all the movies, and you, yeah, you just didn't fucking, you know, you don't do anything. Yes, I do. You say, we should get this. I'm like, no, you're talking about. Yeah, a bad I said movie. that about
0: Barbie. And you were like, no.
1: You were wrong. That didn't happen. That
0: absolutely happened! I have,
1: I'm going to listen to the draft at some point. Before that draft, because I think I still have it somewhere, and that way I'll know that I'm correct and you're wrong. have but no, I already but know that no, my mom, no, so no, no,
0: no. No, I wouldn't say it on air while we're recording or while we're on with other people. I'm not going to be like, we're going to go for Barbie.
1: Maybe you still might have said something.
0: Oh, why. my God, you're the worst.
1: Um, so a couple funny things. Uh, Please. Well, that's why I'm talking about you. Um... Mm-hmm. Past weekend was spent in Miami celebrating your mother's birthday. Um, another whirlwind weekend for the mullets after the previous week of being in Chicago. Ugh. We were back at work. Jillian started first grade. I not believe
0: at, we have a first grade. At what age am
1: I going to stop crying on her first day of school?
0: Uh, when she starts med school.
1: Oh, no, I'm going to cry even more because more I'm like probably flitting the bill. No, no, no. Um,
0: she's gonna get a scholarship
1: yeah I was like I was I well, I, I think I'll be okay next year because this year was the first y- year I was able to walk her on the first day because last year I had COVID so
0: yeah I know but, but also you're a BGB which uh-huh. is a big girl's blouse for those of you who don't know it's a English mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah you're, you're just a big you know big softie I think you're I gonna cry all the time you yeah. always
1: cry I love my daughter
0: but then you got mad at me when I was trying to make sure you were okay and because comfort you, you. you. I was like, are you okay? I'm like, it's okay, babe." And you're like, into, don't talk
1: to me. Don't draw attention to it. Getting, I'm a big man wearing a pink shirt. Without getting into a legitimate argument, um, you have a really, really bad habit uh, that bothers me uh, for in two different ways. Number one, drawing attention to me when I don't want attention drawn to me.
0: You mean when I ask in the middle of the store if you need any more butt wipes? No,
1: just when I am like wanting to be on my own or not.
0: That's nice. We're walking together and you want to be on your own. No,
1: it's not what I meant. What I meant is I'm emotional and you're like, are you okay? What's wrong? Oh my God. And there's like wall to wall parents around us and I just want to not drum up any attention. Same thing for like in a store if we're having a fight or an argument you try to get all loud and like fucking correct on me purpose. on shit. Yes you do. I don't
0: do that on purpose. Uh-huh. That's just my you that's know, just my personality. Cl- and also
1: I know you know your truths because you get the smile face on and you close your eyes which is one of your ways that, that I, I only close one
0: eye. Sorry.
1: Well from my angle it looks like you closed both of them. Uh, just like also going back to being around your, your parents you have this knack of like flat out hyperbo hyperbolically lying about things that I, I am lie. doing. And for, yes, you do. You're like, well, Chris, it could be, this is just an example. I don't have a, a black and white example right now. But <laughs> You're
0: really making a good case for yourself, buddy.
1: I am. I just, I don't have one now. But the next time it happens, I'll fucking say it. We'll be in a, a group of people, normally your, your mother and your father, and you'll be like, yeah, well, Chris told Jillian that Santa Claus isn't around, so it's fine. And I'm like, that didn't even fucking happen. And it didn't, and it doesn't happen. And you just do that to annoy me for some reason, or to just drum up a a string of conversations that just doesn't need to fucking happen. And I'm doing all this because I'm hungry, because I'm not eating today, and I'm frustrated. And yeah.
0: (laughs) I've been nothing but nice to you today. You have just been mean.
1: No, that's not true. You weren't. No, you came running into my toy room as I was trying to not
0: focus on food with you. You're jumping
1: up and down. I got valuables in we there. We weren't jumping up and everywhere.
0: down. We walked in You ran sneakily. In. You ran and in. And threw a piece of paper at your head.
1: A piece, of a, ball of a piece of paper that could hit anything, knock stuff over, broken, whatever.
0: Oh, please.
1: Just saying. Uh, I'm also stressed because uh, 24 hours ago, <laughs> we remembered that the toy show we're going to this weekend. Uh, originally, as just as patrons, we actually have a table for it, and we have not done any preparation for we, that show.
0: We haven't sorted stuff. So we
1: we're recording tonight so we can spend Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday getting ready for that show on Saturday, which we have to wake up at like 6 o'clock in the morning for and bring Jillian to and then work for 8 hours and then tear down and drive and, yeah. So that that's also just,
0: just, just in general...
1: I was having
0: fun here, and you're just a big ball of suck. You just suck all the fun away.
1: I wonder where I got that from. Hmm?
0: Genetics.
1: (laughs) Today's movie. Speaking of genetics, today's
0: movie.
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, This is from our uh, Pick 'em Off series. Samantha, if you're new here, how the fuck is that? I'm not new here you I said if you're new. I'm talking to the no, audience. No, you said
0: Samantha. If you're new here,
1: did I? Yes. Whatever. No, I was talking about genetics and you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're what? new here, we have a reoccurring uh, gimmick where we nominate movies. The, the the person can watch the ones that don't get picked go onto a list. We can't pick again. And we noticed that list got a little long, so now we're starting to do movies specifically off of that list. Like today's movie, uh, Charles Chaplin's, that's what it says here on the box, not Mm -hmm. Charlie, uh, The Great Dictator, which I nominated uh, way back when, uh, when I wanted to do a Chaplin film, and you picked, I believe, Modern Times, or whatever one it was at the time that we did. Sure. Don't even remember. Um, So here we are today doing that, I will hand you the Criterion Collection movie, For you to read the box as I break the couch.
0: Great. In his controversial... Oh, I have to read that part. Of course. Well, I don't know because it has all of this shit here Mm -hmm. about the Blu-ray. The Criterion Collection, a continuing series of important classic and contemporary films, presents The Great Dictator. In his controversial masterpiece, The Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin offers both a cutting caricature of adolf hitler and a sly tweaking of his own comic persona chaplin in his first pure talkie brings his sublime physicality to two roles the cruel yet clownish Tomianian dictator and the kindly jewish barber who is mistaken for him featuring jack Oakie and paulette goddard in stellar supporting turns The great dictator, boldly going after the fascist leader before the US's official entry into World War II, is an audacious amalgam of politics, politics, I'm sorry, and slapstick that culminates in Chaplin's famously impassioned
1: speech. It's two for you. Watch the movie, it's just Tomanian, not to
0: There's a lot of eyes there, I couldn't really figure it out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I'm back up three now, correct? Uh, I believe is what the score is. Yeah. And what is the numbers around that?
0: Give me one second, please. I, I know we still have a long
1: two. way to go in our reading challenge. The first person to make 25 mistakes. The loser gets to... Or the winner gets to pick a film franchise.
0: 12 to 9.
1: 12 to 9. Okay, you're halfway there. Very good. Oh, pardon me. So, uh, back in the day... I think it's pretty obvious why you didn't pick this movie compared to what? the other one. On surface value, what
0: you, know. you mean? I a normal person didn't. Oh,
1: hey, no. Well, hey no.
0: What hey? No, allegedly. I... No, you're a fucking ass. <laughs> That's been all for this week's episode <laughs> of Married Movies. <laughs> You can read about the bullshit my husband gets up to. Um, his pod bloggle. That's a cool name for something.
1: Oh, man. I, I can't wait to say that word so many times over the next few years on this podcast. It's so funny. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. You can laugh all you want about a tragic. No,
1: I'm not laughing. Event. I'm not yes, laughing. you are. No, I'm not. No, yes, I'm you not. are. I'm no, I'm not. I'm laughing about. Me, torturing you.
0: It's not torturing me. I wasn't the one tortured. I was. I was not even born yet. No, it's not. I go on. Explain yourself out of it. Go on. You do you need a shovel?
1: No, I don't. I don't need a shovel. Uh huh. If you if you're listening to this for the first time, uh-huh. obviously because of my lovely Jewish wife uh-huh. and her family and my daughter, of course. That's I... That's the only reason. Not the only reason. Also, I'm not a fucking idiot, and I know
0: uh-huh. fucking history and facts in the world. I wonder sometimes.
1: Uh-huh. So I was just making a joke. Mm-hmm. I make off-color jokes. I am sorry. Continue.
0: No, no, I'm done.
1: <laughs> I love you. Uh, thank you. Good. Continue. Um, no, you were in the middle of a, Oh, a, yeah, a no, I was in the thought. middle of
0: talking, and Where? then you interrupted me. I was in the middle of living my life, just going about my own damn business, and you had to stick your big fucking nose in
1: and uh, try to... I see a parallel here.
0: That's what I was going for.
1: I said it was well done.
0: Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I don't need a compliment from you, Chris.
1: (laughs) So what did you think of The Great Dictator? Mm. The film.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you think I'm going to make this easy for you now?
1: I mean, you had to know it was coming based on me just doing it a few weeks ago. Uh huh. So I so it's out of the way, it's done now.
0: Sure. Probably sure. should have saved it for the end, but yeah, I did. Yeah, but you've got terrible comedic timing. No, so. I've great comedic timing. Okay.
1: So, sure.
0: That's... You know the only person who just laughed was you, right? Even including all the people listening.
1: Uh huh. A few people probably like, okay, that's pretty funny. Well not mm-hmm. laughed, but you know.
0: Mm-hmm. no.
1: I'm also laughing at you because when these things happen, we should be talking about the movie. So if we can talk about the movie, please Can me have a conversation about the movie. No,
0: you were just about to say something no, about was... how when these things happen, something about me? Hmm? And I mean, you obviously, you keep bringing it up, so you obviously think it correlates nicely to whatever content of this film uh, there is.
1: The best improv scenes are ones that are filled with Uh, conflict, so...
0: Right, that's what I'm doing.
1: I was being sarcastic. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, and I am sorry. What... (laughs) What did you think of The Great Dictator?
0: I've never heard you sound more sarcastic in my life.
1: I'm trying to move the fuck on, because this isn't good podcasting.
0: You're not good podcasting. Uh Uh-huh. What did you think of the movie?
1: I, I thought it was great. Um... It,
0: Nobody cares what you think. No, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, it was great.
1: <laughs>
0: fucking worst. I made you laugh.
1: Uh huh. This was great. Um, I don't remember too much of the. Uh, it's much different than the last Chaplin film we watched because the last Chaplin film super different was a, a silent film. Silent film of you know focused around the tramp character and you get a. You know, a, kind
0: a, of. You get the visual a of the true version
1: of it, kind yeah. of a, mm-hmm. a modern update. It's just wild to hear him speak. You know, I so I,
0: wild I, to hear him speak. That was a huge swerve because I didn't realize that this was a talkie either, and. Um, well,
1: because you figure this came out in in nineteen forty, and you know, yeah. there were silent films were still. Prevalent after you know the jazz singer. What what year did the jazz singer come out? But I know, the the switch for so many people wasn't an easy one, and so many people of the genre kind of went by the wayside. The jazz singer came out in twenty seven, and I don't I don't know you know a hundred year ago cinema well enough to know kind of exactly how many films Chaplin had before kind of really, kind of really making this one but this was I, I think his biggest or one of his biggest hits also kind of one of his last hits and also i think it works so well because not only is the the novelty and the energy behind him doing a talking picture versus a silent picture um despite still having a lot of those silent picture elements Mm -hmm, in it,
0: mm -hmm, um, was also just
1: how kind of personal of a story it is. It it kind of is for the times. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the little bit of research I did on the film, it's kind of miraculous we even got the movie because as they were making it and winding down the movie and immediately after its release, the real true horrors of Hitler and, you know, the concentration camps and whatnot kinda came out and Chaplin wasn't sure what well, didn't feel as good about making it. And and
0: absolutely and kind of
1: second guessed releasing it and I believe I saw with Eisenhower or somebody. Um not Eisenhower, uh uh fucking I forget who. Um, maybe Roosevelt was like, No, this this needs, you know, this is an important piece, what you're doing here. Just like it's been before, during, and after this, especially mm-hmm. how necessary satire is to, you know, the worldview and news. Um, makes it very, very still topical, still funny. Yes, Still beautiful, yes. still insightful. Um, yeah, I, I did the shit out uh, of it.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Ditto everything that you said. It's just, yeah, so well done. You forget, like, and the movie's obviously in black and white because 1940. Yeah. You forget that it's, you know, just black and white, right? Um, the great exaggeration in it, yeah. Um, Just like you said, like that physical comedy, which up until then, it was really all movies were really known for, right? Physical comedy and and music. That's kind of like what made it up because there wasn't really dialogue. The dialogue was, and the narration were like on the screen, you know?
1: It was just words. Right, it was just
0: words. But, and then you have the words. Then you have him talking of all the other characters talking and... You know, one of the most moving uh, soliloquies, speeches, mm-hmm. um, at, at the end of this movie, like, it's really amazing what yep. what they accomplished and how, you know, how... There's... How much it made you feel.
1: Oh, yeah. There, there's two things this movie's famous for. Uh, the kind of dance sequence with the, the beach ball globe with Hinkle is one. And then, of course, the most famous one is Chaplin's speech at the very end, which it, it doesn't really play into the movie up until that point. And it, it's literally just Chapman looking out into the world in the audience and, and mm-hmm. letting his heart go of, like like, this is what we need to do. And it works so well in the context of the film, and it works so well in the context of the world, um, that you know, like you said, like I was getting a little emotional hearing because I'm like, yeah, all this stuff is still a fucking problem, and it was 83 years ago, I mean, and that sucks, and I hate it.
0: Like,
1: um, but and it, he was told, you know, that you're going to lose people with this that. People are. You know, this is going to cost you money because people are going to walk out and demand refunds, and not that people necessarily disagree with the messaging behind it, but it was just. I not, think that
0: I think that there's probably well some of that. I mean,
1: I, again, I don't know history well enough to know, but I, I would like to think 83 years ago sure. in America, it sadly sure wasn't like it is right now. Sure, <laughs> where do you
0: do you know why my family's from England and not from America? Why? Because. During the war, my family was turned away from America because they wouldn't accept the boatloads of Jews that were coming.
1: So that answers that question. Yes. Um, Yes. But what I meant was not even from that aspect, but it was also from the aspect of that's not what people went to go see a Charlie Chaplin movie for. Like, people went to go see a Charlie Chaplin movie to laugh and see hijinks and stuff, and sure... From the one, uh, from Modern Times we did before, you know, there's always uh an element of the the tramp being, you know, romantic or trying to get the girl, or there being like a love story, but it's very whimsical and easy to kind of deal with. This like there are moments in this movie where even in the midst of some of the the pratfalls and the physical comedy. Like, stuff gets a little too real, a little too on the nose for comfort. Mm -hmm. And they tow an amazing line with that seriousness and the fear of Nazism and the fight that the world and and the Jewish race was under at the time while also fitting in the humor that they did and using that humor to show, like, these monsters are fucking idiots like
0: yes absolutely like it's when, the complete and utter nonsense yeah
1: so so i think that he had a really interesting foresight to this movie because he'll do something really really silly like be this great dictator and run up a curtain because he's like scared of something right and then Play with the world as a beach ball, which mm-hmm. is very silly, but the way it's done it is, just po- is very poignant and also kind of ominous and scary as well. Of like, that's how it was at the time, that's what that real like, person right, was trying to right. do.
0: And this started filming, you know, in 1939, it came out in 1940, right? Because it, it, yeah. it was over a year. But it, it spent being filmed and stuff like, you know, the the war was just starting. It yeah. was just picking up at that time. Well, we, time. yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't, like,
1: we were, as America, we were still. Not in it. On it, yeah. You figure. We well,
0: we didn't come in until the end. That's another story. We don't need to get into the logistics of it. And what Well, America we didn't get into it until. F- Harvard, but yeah. Right. Until America was
1: attacked. Yeah, of course. Where yeah. At,
0: oh, Yeah. 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 To being there for other people,
1: um, but yeah, so it's that stuff makes it impactful and makes it great as a film. But like we were just kind of talking about, it's also incredible that this came out eighty three years ago, and it's not just held up from its message and it's not just held up from its humor but like the first like 15-20 minutes of the movie I was not expecting it to be so impressive with its scale so like the very first scene when the, when the Jewish barber is in the middle of World War One, and you see like the artillery and like the yes. big cannon that they the have became, and
0: then the hand grenade and the, like the grenade and then like yeah. the
1: and like how sophisticated the like sophisticated because it is so slapsticky but also like how like well the jokes and the humor yes. still hit Agree. like a, that beat will still always work, and then like the the stuff in the plane when like they're flying upside down and oh how yes they shot that it's like
0: it's so well done it's, and, it's, and even like the physical um, even the practical effects like the explosion of like the outhouse and the, you know mm-hmm. like the there there's a CGI. There's no CGI then. No. You know what I mean, and yeah. it looks, it looks great. Oh yeah, the
1: the the plane sequence when they're oh, flying and they're upside sequence. down and mm-hmm. like the the pocket watch is flying and uh, right. Schultz is trying to drink the water and then Chaplin's like like falling out, and holding on. Like there are some CGI movies from the past five, ten years ago. Don't that look don't as look as, as good as that. Um, and the fact that they did that, uh, you know, eighty three years ago.
0: It's very impressive.
1: It's incredibly well edited. It's incredibly well directed. Yes, yes. It's it's fucking awesome to see a movie like this.
0: And then something else that they really do well as as well is um, they do a lot of different like techniques, Mm -hmm. which you're not really expecting. Um, You know, there's a lot of voiceover, like. There's a lot of scenes where it's just, like, Heichel talking, um, and, like, you you know, you see... Well, when you,
1: when you first meet Hinkel, Hinkle. Hinkle um,
0: Heichel, I said.
1: Catherine uh, Um, You know, you get that first glimpse into him of what Hitler actually did, which is this big, grandiose, grandstanding propaganda yep. Yep. speech. yep and he's just hooting and hollering and making all these fucking nonsense noises. Um, But, like, Chaplin's doing that twofold. He's doing it Mm -hmm. in a kind of really well-impersonated bit of menace. yes. But then he'll start, like, coughing and, like, throwing in, like, schnitzel and and making sure you know that this guy is a, a little buffoon um that stuff is amazing mm-hmm. what, what were you, you were what was the point you were making before I'm sorry
0: no it's i was just talking about like the different um techniques they use oh yeah sorry used.
1: sorry and that's what I was into was in in that You know, I was like, does he, like, not speak English in this movie? Because you have somebody essentially translating for him and then voiceover narrating kind of what's happening afterwards. And I was like, well, that's interesting, but, like, that's going to get a little tedious. And then, like, the very next scene, you know, he's speaking English and just going on. I'm like, oh, that was an actual artistic decision to portray the character mm-hmm. in this way to introduce him and have the audience know that he needs to be basically transcribed because it's a bunch of f- fucking hooey. Yep,
0: exactly. <laughs> I was
1: like, okay, that that's fucking great. And then I'm fucking in and then you know, And
0: then, then it falls into a like uh just mistaken identity like a parent trap like mistaken identity obviously towards the end Oh,
1: yeah i thought it was actually gonna be er i I thought it was
0: gonna be earlier my preconceived
1: notion was that it was it was earlier more so the film is just the two conflicting stories of the jewish barber you know in his town with you know his fellow jewish people trying to you know survive and then also come up with a, a plot or a plan to take the dictator down, thanks to the uh, reformed Schultz, and then the dictator actually, you know, succeeding in his plan for world domination, so particularly around an invasion that he's trying to not do, um, and and pass it off on uh, the Napolonean, uh yes dictator. Who's, the, who's right. Mussolini? Right, and the um,
0: juxtaposition between the two dictators is just
1: uh, that whole. So once
0: well done, it's hilarious.
1: Once he gets involved, I mean, we already talked about how great the sequence is with uh, the monologue and uh, the globe dance, but when he when we first get the. Um, the stretch of time with Napaloni and Hinkle, like that whole like 10, 15 minutes is just fucking hilarious. It is it's because great. It, everyone else around Hinkle isn't necessarily you know stooping to or coming up to his level. There's the one uh, the one guy who's you know testing the testing the bulletproof. Outfits and stuff. He seems to be a little oh, yeah, yeah. Like, jovial he, he, and goofy. But everyone else around uh, Hinkle yeah. is kind of almost normal out of necessity. But once you get Napoloni involved, they're just going tit for tat. And it's hilarious. It's like this old vaudevillian, vaudevillian style of comedy with food and the dancing and, you know, the the the, the deck of status of it all. Of where mm-hmm. they're sitting above one another. That whole segment just fucking flies
0: yeah it's great
1: um it's fantastic uh but back to your point before or back we talked before about like the hinkle introduction they pack so much because they go back and forth a lot and it it's a shame that for me all the hinkle stuff is so much more uh entertaining and watchable than some of the jewish barber stuff just because I think the Jewish barber stuff gets a little tedious with... Well, no,
0: it's just, it, it's like the establishment of, like, the straight man, right? Like, it, it's meant to be, and I I don't think it's tedious. I think it does such a good job of establishing the character, the life of these people, and then what happened to them, right? It's like that truth in comedy, um, and, like, art imitating life, like... It was really well done, and it was funny because it was true. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really liked a lot of the um, scenes with the Jewish barber. Um, the ensemble scenes really loved them, um, especially like the with the coin the
1: putting in the the putting in the, the coin,
0: scene was, the coin scene was great. Um, and
1: also, it was great again showing the different. Uh, like genres and styles of comedy, even at the time, like that is essentially a silent film scene.
0: Absolutely, it's, it's
1: just facial Absolutely. expressions and music and body language, and yep. it still fucking works, even though we've been hearing people talk throughout the entire movie.
0: I agree.
1: Um, I wanted to just wrap up the the introduction to Hinkle because not only do they do like the narration and the translation. They also just like very very much just like oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for like fourth wall commentate over or like give their perspective as to what's going on. So like he does the stuff with the water. He falls down the stairs and then like he sees people. He does this thing with a baby, which is very funny. And I forget what specifically what. The voiceover says, but they basically comment on like how ridiculous it was and also kind of make fun of the baby (laughs) as well. That whole little stretch where he's just a fucking lunatic, but then also choking on water and falling down the steps and and not sure what to do with a baby is just...
0: The faces as, it, as he's holding it, like the face. Yeah. It's just, it's just awesome. it, I mean, it's like Charlie Chaplin is one of the best physical actors ever. You know, like, it, I, and I think that that's the case when it comes to the silent film era. Era. Um, silent, not my jam, right? Not my tempo. No. We all know. I don't like to have to read uh when when I'm watching a movie oh, I didn't have good. to do this which is great but the one thing about doing that is you don't have a choice like you have to be able to convey emotion and conviction and the story and your feelings and all the things with your body language and your face like it's all nonverbal and it's Not as easy as people think it is, and it's so well done. Um, and I think that the over exaggeration that you have to have in those silent films lends itself really well to this, um, you know, this transition to the talkies,
1: yeah. Um, so C-
0: I, I just can't. I just really can't believe that this movie was made in the 1940s. You know what I mean? Like, 90, like not like 1940,
1: like, like, like the 1940. beginning of the decade.
0: Yeah, like, this was made 83 years ago. Like, that's insane.
1: And then they remade it, so and they didn't remake. I'm being sarcastic. So, this movie is just Doctor Strangelove, right? Like, there yeah. is there is a big, like,
0: but done well.
1: Well, Dr. Strangelove is also done Hey, excuse me. Dr. Strangelove. I think this movie is funnier than Dr. Strangelove I've, in a I, way. Absolutely. Dr. Strangelove takes a very kind of de- demented mind. Well, it did come from Kubrick and Sellers. But it is a it's a more sardonic, dark humor excuse me. that's also more... Uh, uh, this movie is still a little bit... I can't fucking talk, save my life tonight. This movie has more of a wistful hope to it than Dr. Strangelove does.
0: I think that's also a generational thing.
1: I, yeah, I agree. I
0: think that's a generational the thing. The 40s versus this, the 60s, Exactly, you know? and like, because this is right before everything went to shit. Or this was like, right as things were going to shit, people were still hopeful. Yeah. It all went to shit. People were like, mm, but there's stuff speci- is shit. There's like, a
1: specific moment when, you know... uh the The people of the the tomanian supporters or or- goebbels and whoever they have different names to you know Hinkle are like on the phone talking I'm like this is just a no dimitri I know like that's that is that stretch in that fucking movie um and the ridiculousness of some of the things they put him in are like you said, a sign of the times. 40s slapstick version of the overt, overtly hidden Mm -hmm. double messaging of Dr. Strangelove in the 60s. Uh, So, of course, Chaplin got a lot of, this movie was very successful, but also was controversial. Um, I want to actually do something we don't do a lot. So the Criterions always do an amazing job with their materials, right? Uh, Yes. There's always, like, essays and uh, a little booklet that comes with it. Included in this booklet um, is a a piece that Chaplin himself wrote uh, in the New York Times in October 1940, uh, answering his critics defending the ending of this movie. I'd like to read that. Okay. I haven't read it, and I think the audience will like to hear it. So this doesn't count for anything.
0: Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. I'm counting mistakes. Nope,
1: no, it doesn't. So I'm going to read that right now. Uh, When the critic of the New York Times wrote that the Great Dictator, quote, came off magnificently, he expressed his own opinion. He and I meant different things, though. He was looking at one end of the telescope and I the other. The Great Dictator on the screen is pretty much what I meant it to be. I had a story to tell and something I wanted very much to say. I said it. I enjoyed saying it. I think it is funny when it should be funny, and more than I can tell you, I enjoy the laughter of the audiences at the story. I am grateful and proud that it is liked by many of the critics and is so popular with the public. To me, it does, quote-unquote, come off. And this did get nominated for five Academy Awards. Yeah. Didn't win anything. In fact, uh, it was the first year that the Academy Award winners were not uh, notified in advance for attendance. But they did give, uh, I forget who won. I think it was Jimmy Stewart the heads up to maybe be in the audience, but he was not planning on going because he figured Chaplin was just going to win. Yeah, Uh, There is criticism, of course. There had to be. Could any two people ever agree on anything as personal in his viewpoint as the great great dictator? I've never in all my life pleased everyone. As a matter of fact, I don't know of anything that has ever completely pleased me. I enjoy criticism in pretty much the same way that I do praise. It depends on the criticism and the praise, the intelligence, the perception, the understanding that goes into it. Either can be dull and either can be heartwarming. There's always a kind of praise or a kind of criticism that can't be quarreled with or argued about. It's funny or it isn't funny. Who knows except you? Even the laughter may fool you. It's beautiful or it isn't beautiful. We are a democracy. We are allowed a difference of opinion and every single blessed one of us is right. Thank heaven for that. Questions created by the press have roughly had to do with these matters. First, can the tragedy that Hitler is to Europe be funny? Second, what about propaganda in the picture? Third, how do you justify the ending? As to Hitler being funny, I can only say that if we cannot sometimes laugh at Hitler, then we are further gone than we think. There is a healthy lap thing in laughter, laughter at the grimmest things in life, laughter at death, even. Shoulder arms was funny. It had to do with men marching off to war. The gold rush was first suggested by the Donner tragedy. Laughter is the tonic, the relief, the surcrease of pain. It is healthy, the healthiest thing in the world, and it is health-giving. Second is to the propaganda... The Great Dictator is not propaganda. It is the story of a little Jewish barber and the ruler whom he happened to resemble. It is a story of the little fellow that I have told and retold all my life, but it has a viewpoint, as much of a viewpoint as Uncle Tom's Cabin or Oliver Twist had in their time. Would sympathy be a better word than propaganda or hatred? I didn't pull punches, nor choose polite words, nor attempt to temporize with something most of us feel so deeply. Uh, Third, as to the ending, to me, it is the illogical ending to the story. To me, it is the speech that the little barber would have made, even had to make. People have said that he steps out of character. What of it? The picture is two hours and seven minutes in length. If two hours and three minutes of it is a comedy, may I not be excused for ending my comedy on a note that reflects honestly and realistically the world in which we live, and may I not be excused in pleading for a better world. Mind you, it is addressed to the soldiers, the very victims of the dictatorship." It is a difficult thing to do. It would have been much easier to have the barber and Hannah disappear off over the horizon, off to the promised land against the glowing sunset. But there is no promised land for the oppressed people of the world. There is no place over the horizon to which they can go to sanctuary. They must stand, and we must stand. Fucking, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin Chaplin's is the, the fucking man. He's
0: the fucking bomb, baby. Fucking what a, that. That's beautiful, and honestly, it's so fucking true. Yeah, it's it's so true, and. You know how you always get so mad at me when I laugh when you get hurt? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why. What he said. That's that's what you took from that? That's the reason why. If we can't laugh in the face of complete and utter terror and fear and disgust, what can we do?
1: Yeah.
0: That's why I laugh when you get hurt.
1: Sure. Uh yeah he fucking that that's, an that's amazing. That's piece. amazing. As I was that's like, I, as I was looking into the book and I was perusing, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking killer! I want to read this." Because, yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Can I see it? Yeah,
1: I, there was. I just wanted to like look at something real quick. But yeah, that that's beautiful. Me I mean, of what I was going to go with next. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's i I'm glad he brings the point up that. Sure, the character essentially is no longer the character and it's just Chaplin at that point talking to the audience. But in the context of the scene, he is talking to the entire nation of people that Hinkle has essentially brainwashed into believing all of his rhetoric and horseshit. Right. for.
0: Art imitates life. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, I, yeah, yes, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. And, and you know, I I disagree. Yes, it's Chaplin talking, but I don't think that it's too far away from... Oh, no,
1: no, I'm saying that... The, what the I, character I, I agree, yeah. would yeah.
0: say. Like, I absolutely agree that that's oh, yeah. what would say... Like, I agree. What, ...what would happen. I think that it, it... I just think it's just so well done I also love
1: the power of the fact that, as we talked about earlier, it is his first talkie picture. And it is... Every single word is still true today, and it's delivered by a man who's not known for his words. I and think that, it's beautiful. That rang true to me is that, like, so he talks plenty throughout the movie, but the fact that he ends this
0: with an impassioned, with an impassioned,
1: uninterrupted—I think—except one. I think there's one fade to show Hannah, yeah, but back to him. It's just tight on him. Is just fucking.
0: It's it's beautiful. Killer. It's so well done, and I mean, in everything like I th- I like what you said earlier. Like they just put on a spotlight the, like, buffoonery of mm-hmm. this character and, like, what was happening and, like, all the back and forth when they were talking about, like, the Aryan race and... Oh, yeah. And, oh, the Aryan race. Oh, but you're brunette. Oh, but you're going to be the guy. Like, the preposterous mm-hmm. nature and thought process. Yeah. But that's what it was.
1: I was gonna say, it's Like, that, that's what it is. It's preposterous, but it was... It was accurate that is accurate
0: right that's what was happening and watching it and hearing it you can see how ridiculous it is sure and it but i think that they did it so well because they didn't they didn't beat it into the ground i think that they went back and forth with it just enough to like get the point across keep it funny keep it like uh Authentic to the characters because it was like you know, two German or what? Tomanian. Tomanians, Tomania. Tomanians, Tomanians nope, so talking about it, right? Like, I just think that it was so, just really well done. Uh, yeah. you know, that they, they there is a fine line between you know, finding the humor in something and then making it like. So ridiculous that it's not appropriate. They didn't do that.
1: Yeah. If I have one complaint about the movie, it is two hours and seven minutes, and I think it is a little too long. And when I was talking earlier about it getting a little tedious at times, and it also gets a a little confusing because of um, not necessarily the back and forth, but it's just, it's just, it was 83 years ago. The the way that people talked and the dialogue and some of the pacing, it, it's just different. The, the sure. slapstick and the energy behind, you know, a lot of the action and the, the, the and set pieces help it. But there was a, a, around the halfway point. I was like, I think we have an hour left when I think we really should need maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Left. I think you could tighten this up and it would be even better. Sure. Um, sure. That, that would be only my complaint.
0: But, but I think that, I mean, I think it felt really grounded in, in the reality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that it was and, and it Which felt... is
1: saying something, considering, you it's know, you have characters,
0: yeah.
1: you know, bonking Nazis on the head with skillets through their window. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and, and Chaplin... There's <laughs> one scene when... They're trying to escape the Nazis finding them in, uh, in like the barber's shop, and they go on the roof, and he's got all this stuff, and he has the the pot on his head. He yeah. can't see where he's going, and he ends up walking out onto like a beam onto the ledge, over yeah. the ledge of the building. Swerve, he and just he,
0: drops everything.
1: Hold that for a second. Um, he's you know like dealing with it all and. Schultz is essentially say like, oh don't do this. And as soon as he says it, then he's dropping it, or then he's doing that. And they're calling it out and it's still fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it, so
0: it's hard like to do. It's so hard to do. It's like, oh don't drop the bag. Oh don't drop, do that. Try to immediately right. drop Oh, don't of back like, up. How he like,
1: drops it and how well, the look on his yeah. face. You can't help but still laugh. It's
0: it's just really well done.
1: Uh how many swerves did you have?
0: I had it was actually really slow to start. Uh-huh. It was a really slow build-up, but I'm happy to say that especially um, in the scenes like Scholl's, like escaping, and then he gets captured, and then he escapes again, and then you know all that added up uh, to, to a nice 72 swerves. Mm, great. 72 swerves. Don't fucking... Great. You wish you could do what I do.
1: <laughs> no, I don't actually, I actually watch the film.
0: I and watch I the film! about it why would you say that i don't watch the film
1: okay uh <laughs> uh two things i wanted to, to talk about before we uh get into mvp well mvp is obvious but um, yeah, yeah you...
0: mvp is is absolutely
1: obvious yeah it's charlie chaplin has like, to be it's one of the most impressive performances i've ever seen on film the way he does both characters the way i mean he yeah, Lindsay
0: Lohan didn't do that when she was uh, in The Parent Trap.
1: Samantha, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are
0: yes. you going to even say that? It was a joke.
1: Chris. I know, but even even it's a joke, man, come on. Uh, so Charlie Chaplin goes on our multi-time MVP list, because he was also the MVP for the last movie we watched of his. Uh, we'll get to LVP in a second. So have do you know about
0: the Jewish people? Yes. <laughs> I know about the Jewish people. It's almost Rosh Hashanah. Oh, this is like our Rosh Hashanah episode, almost.
1: There you go. It's a little early. Oh, Um, I'm
0: glad that you know exactly when it
1: is. Have you heard of The Day the Clown Cried? No. So.
0: I don't like clowns, man.
1: It is probably the most notorious unreleased movie of all time. It is a 1972 film directed and written and starring Jerry Lewis.
0: Jerry Lee Lewis?
1: No, not Jerry Lee. Yeah, great balls of fire. No, Jerry Lewis, a lady in the schmucker. Sure, okay.
0: Don't get mad. That's a valid question. I was just making sure that we were both thinking of the same person. Because this conversation would go completely differently if it was Jerry Lee Lewis. So
1: this movie reminds me of this notorious film a lot. Because it's tackling very, very severe issues Mm -hmm. that people are unsure if it should be, you know... Made or joked about. The movie is, uh, Jerry Lewis is a circus clown who gets imprisoned at a Nazi concentration camp. Okay. And it has never been released because Jerry Lewis has insisted when he was alive that it never be released. Why? Because it is supposed to be the worst film ever made. Really? Uh, I've been obsessed with this movie and its existence ever since I found out about it probably 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, Upon uh, right before his death, he donated an incomplete copy to the Library of Congress um, which was about 10 years ago and it's under the stipulation that it cannot be screened, not released, even just screened before June 2024. Um... But, there's no complete negative of the film. Copyright issues have plagued it. Um, like, every, like the script is out there. It's known kind of what happens in the movie. Uh, some people have claimed to have seen it. Uh, Harry Shearer, the famed member of the Christopher, C- Christopher Guest group and mm-hmm, Spinal Tap mm-hmm. and Simpsons, uh, saw a copy of it and... Insists that yes, it is bad. <laughs> it is, it is so wrong. Like it's, it's, it's a drama, but it's also supposed to be a comedy because Jerry Lewis and the circus clown. Uh, but also, people are like, it's to that extent that it might actually be like poignant and brilliant. So I, I want this to get out at some time in my life. It's like, going to
0: be a piece of shit. It
1: probably will be. Like, I, I don't see, but like, this gives me hope, but I, I don't, I think there's a big gap, not to disparage Jerry Lewis, between Jerry Lewis and Charlie Chaplin, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, and even Lewis has said, like, it, it was just bad. It was an artistic failure, you know, I, nobody, I want nobody to, to see this. Um, but I will say, this, this is, this is my... Film version of my CM Punk and Samoa Joe track. Like this gets screened, I'm gonna do everything in my power to go fucking see this thing because mm-hmm. it is it is so intriguing to me. Uh, yeah, there there you can find some stills of it. Uh, the original script and costume are out there. Uh, people have talked about fucking remaking it as well. Robin Williams was attached to it at some point, but uh, yeah, I hope.
0: That's bizarre. Yeah.
1: So I, I had to address it. The other thing I wanted to mention was the 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 odd connection, of course, that this movie has to have to Hitler. Um, so Chaplin and Hitler were born right around the same time, had a lot of similarities one mm-hmm. another, not just in looks, but in, in their background. Mm-hmm. And um, it has been confirmed by multiple people that Hitler, despite the fact that this obviously was banned,
0: Watch this movie. Watch this
1: movie twice.
0: Yep.
1: uh, And there is no known reaction of his to this film, but I would love to know what it was. I'm sure it wasn't great. Yeah. But it's again, it just intrigues me. Yeah, that's intriguing as to yeah,
0: I yeah
1: him sitting and watching this fucking movie. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by people watching movies and their thoughts behind them on a really grandiose scale. Uh, the exact opposite of example of this that I can say is, uh, and by that I mean Hitler watching a movie parodying himself is nowhere near this, but I'm also very fascinated by this. Uh, Alexander Daddario uh, met President Obama right after True Detective came out, mm-hmm. and was in. Well, Obama's like, I love the show. I thought you were great, and she's like, Great. She goes oh, my God, the president's on my boobs. (laughs) That's the weirdest thing I've ever thought in my entire life. Oh, my. (laughs) Like, that's so weird, you know? That's weird. Uh, So, like, stuff like that's always intrigued me. Sure. Uh, Just, like, I think we talked about it on uh, the episode way back when of um, the Hangover guys, when they made Hangover 2, uh, Todd Phillips uh, took him out to dinner with Bill Clinton. And was talking about how much he loved The Hangover. And he's like, it's not my favorite movie, though. I love that Hoosier caddy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what? It's it's bizarre. So
1: Hitler watching The Great Dictator is just, I I wish we do. Um,
0: And I I think that the introspection that Charlie Chaplin had at that time, because of that, because of those comparisons to Hitler and their similarities, um, is also so interesting. And like he said once, like, you know, he's the madman and I'm the comic, but it could have easily gone the other way. Like, that's yeah. bizarre to think about. Not like, sure. all of those, like, you know, uh, especially lately, the, uh, you know, alternate realities, the multiverse, things like that. It's so insane to Absolutely. think of, but there there isn't someone who could have done it better. No. You, you know, it is, it's,
1: if you had a uh, if you had a backup MVP, who would you who would your runner up be?
0: I think that um, what's her name did a Paulette
1: Goddard as Hannah.
0: Paulette Goddard as Hannah did a really good job. I really liked her portrayal, the build of it. I love that scene in the when they're talking about. When she's talking about absent-mindedness between the two of them, and then he starts, like, shaving her face yeah. and stuff, and, like, neither of them really notice it, and, like, the laughter. Um, I thought she did a really good job. I
1: thought she was good. I you always... like really
0: shoals. No, no, no. Oh.
1: I, I always struggle with actresses of this time period, especially in comedies, because it's that theater kid, you know, overacting that just doesn't translate to me like it does for men. Um, for whatever reason, this woman. Because
0: you're an asshole.
1: I have to look up if she wrote an autobiography because she was married to Charlie Chaplin, one of the greatest coxmans of his time, and Burgess Meredith, who also was confirmed to have like one hell of a hog. Um,
0: All right, girlfriend. So, yeah,
1: so she obviously has to have some stories. Um, no, my runner up would be uh, Jack Oakey. As Napoloni. I thought he was... He
0: did a really good An amazing
1: job. Uh, foil, if you will, to Chaplin and gave the film a great boost of another added caricature and energy near the end of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I only have one person written down as my LVP. Um, I think everyone here does a really, really great job. I agree. Uh, my OVP would be Henry Daniel as Garbage the guy who parodied Goebbels, essentially. He was Hinkle's, like, I, right-hand man. Yeah, I
0: didn't like him. I didn't
1: like him because, I didn't like
0: really any of the ostriches, but that's what I wrote in my notes because I couldn't spell Austrians? Uh No, it wasn't Austrians. They were, um, Australics.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Um, that guy had a hard job because he is playing the straightest of straight men. He's, like, the stoic, you know, beleaguered... Yeah, garbage. Helper. Yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit. Along with Hinkle, but he like crossed the line as being too robotic and didn't seem to get what was surrounding him. So when stuff was going on, a straight man, you know, I think of uh, of you know, Bud Abbott, you know, in any of the Abbott and Mm Costello movies, he still was able to get his shit in, and it's not laugh out loud stuff, but it's still getting his character over. In the scope of the story, and this guy didn't do it at all for what essentially is outside of Schultz, who reforms anyway, the second in command of this, yeah. you know, evil yeah. Armor. So he would be my vote. So, no, no complaints there,
0: no complaints there. Yeah, perfect. So, I agree, but I, I mean, all in all, I think a really great, strong ensemble. Was, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and you could tell that they were having fun with what they were doing for the most part. And also taking it very seriously at the same time, which is really important. You know, like conveying this message and, and portrayal was very important for them. Um, you know, and you you could tell, you could sense that, and I think it was done very well.
1: Absolutely. Anything else on The Great Dictator?
0: I think we covered all of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Chaplain's two for two in my book.
0: Y- yeah. I And I never thought. I never thought. I was always like, Silent films, no, Charlie Chaplin, 1940s, films centered on like political happenings. I'll pass. Thank you so much. But turns out, really, really well done. It was it was a really great movie, honestly. I I was very involved in it, very into it, really enjoyed it. What's your score? I'm giving this movie a ten. I really loved it. Wow I loved it. I thought it was well done. I was really fascinated. And enamored with Charlie Chaplin actually speaking. Um, I really, really love... And I love the content of it and how it was
1: depicted. I was giving it a nine and a half. Yeah. Just I mean, because... I it's a great movie. It...
0: So you can be the asshole. So.
1: <laughs> I will be the asshole in this case. It's just a I tad so too good. long...
0: I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it being too long, cause I was invested in those scenes, and it might be because I grew up hearing stories of, you know, the sure. Jews in the ghettos and things like that, and you know, and I, I liked I like those scenes. Like it paints a bigger picture for me, um, so I liked it. But
1: that that's my only complaint. It's it's funny. Well, you're it's, dumb. <laughs> it's funny. It's it's poignant. It's it's wonderfully uh, directed and written mm. and shot, and it it stands up in a way that a lot of movies don't. Five years from now, don't yeah. And it and it does you know people's lifetimes worth of of work. So it is fantastic. So a nine point seven five for the Great Dictator. We've I mean we have a, being more than halfway through the year. We've had. One hell of a year. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies, a nine or better, on this podcast this year. Um, Out of
0: 32 that we've done.
1: Yes, it's the 32nd movie we've done. Um, What will be the next movie we do? Well, we're going to try to knock out Fast and Furious, Fast Five. Furious 6, or whatever uh, whatever the fuck this movie is called. What are you saying? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> where It's going to be really hard to go from fucking The Great Dictator to fucking Past and Furious. But uh, we're going to try to see about either splitting those four up into two separate podcasts, or maybe we'll do Harriet the Spy next week. We're going to see now with the toy show and how this weekend's going to go, what next week's going to be, but we're going to keep knocking out the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and then once we're done with those, we are going to do whatever we're about to draw right now. So Samantha Fuller, Grand One, I got player. it. 1 and 111 is uh, we're going to pull up. We'll see, that's our baby monitor. that We don't even really need anymore. What are we doing here? Number seven. Number
0: seven. An early one.
1: Well, two, four. So I'm going to p- propose something to you. Um, we have a Halloween coming up, October, um, and I already had in the schedule, uh, you know, obviously we're doing Birdemic 2 and 3 for Halloween. Each one of us are going to get to do uh, a movie for Halloween nominated, and I had a can't pick Halloween like we did last year that was a set little list of movies we could technically do. This movie is on that list. Mm. Do we want to hold this for October? Yeah. And then draw another one? So our Halloween can't pick movie will be Psycho. Gross. <laughs> you should have
0: told me what movie it was first. Well,
1: no. Cause, uh, cause Either way, I'd have to watch
0: yeah, it. Yeah, you have it's to watch fun. it anyway. So
1: we'll do Psycho in October. Okay. So what are we going to do for September? Uh, 72? 70. 72. So 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, you said 72, right? Yeah. We are doing Quentin Tarantino's first directorial film, Reservoir All night. right. Perfect. That is going to be interesting.
0: It sure is.
1: Um, you
0: know how many times we're going to talk about a rock on that show?
1: You know how many times we're going to talk about my high school girlfriend on that show? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Look, I started the podcast getting in trouble. as well end it in trouble. Thank you for listening to this episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go on to patreon.com slash for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Married Movies on Twitter marriedmovies at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show for me at your host Malt38 on Instagram for you
0: I jam with your Sam I'm gonna change my name
1: our... <laughs> what back to canal
0: no I meant my twitter else? handle oh. <laughs> fucking asshole <laughs> yeah, fuck you dog allegedly for <laughs> mullet <laughs> I can't talk I'm seeing spots signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies we'll catch you next time on our couch <laughs> Slash the movies. I don't care if you didn't finish the plugs. They know where to find us. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh...